Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to do just audio today. This is Patrick Rizoma at hosting the Doomer Optimism podcast. Not going to be super long today. We're all busy people. Well, not really, not me. Uh, but these these guests, these fine, lovely guests today are, and this is Fry and Buttery Fur, who you guys might know from the internet, from Twitter, and from their postings about the topic of our conversation today, which is, um, among other things, which is a tiny house that they built. And we'll get into the details of that. But also, uh, Fry, mostly you, Buttery Fur. Fur, you don't post a ton. Fry is an all-time great poster. He's enemy uh, of boringness and friend to all. So <laughs> I really, seriously, Fry is one of my top, without a doubt, top 10 favorite uh, posters on Twitter. And I'm not just well, buttering you up, Buttery Fur and Fry. Uh, I actually <laughs> believe that stuff. I don't just, like, make stuff up. <laughs> I mean, I do, oh, but no, not, I, this is, I, I do, but this isn't one of them. Um, so anyway, <laughs> all right, guys. So welcome again. Thanks for being here. How are you doing today? Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for asking us to do this. Yeah, I love, I love talking to you guys. I'm glad we had the occasion. I'm glad we got together. So the tiny house, uh, most people will have probably heard of tiny houses by now. They've been pretty well um, publicized and I'd say about over like the last 10 to 15 years, especially on cable TV, there are whole TV shows, I think, on HGTV and like DIY stuff dedicated to tiny houses. Um, so these houses are obviously like their name. They're small. So let's talk about that to start off with. Um, what What is the size of this house that you ended up building um, in square foot uh, measurements? So, yeah, our house is um, it's 24 feet long and eight and a half feet wide for the outside footprint. Um, I think that the, so the bottom, it's like maybe, I think it's 180 square feet for the bottom floor. And then yeah. we have a loft that adds a bit more. I think it comes out to, it was like, like 200, 220. Yeah, I think 220, 230 if you count the whole loft space. Okay, cool. So but comparing that with something I looked up just today, which is the average U.S. households, like single family home, whatever, 2,400. So you guys are about a 10% of an average single family home from, I think the year was 2021. And then going back in the history books, in 1949 in the U.S., the average size home was 900 square feet. So that was like, that's a normal size house where people lived with their families, whatnot. And, and nowadays, what you're dealing with is one-tenth. So other houses, in other words, are about 10 times bigger than yours. Okay. So it's small. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys, where did you first hear of tiny houses? Probably from TV, right? You know, it's it's funny. It's a good question because whenever we talk about tiny houses, I actually have not watched any of the Netflix shows myself. Like all the like tiny house, the tiny house nation. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the watches. one that everyone says comes up to me and says, "Oh, like tiny house nation." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that show I've never watched." Yeah, no, we actually. Yeah, yeah I know watched. those. Those are the words that. Yeah, they're the same words. No, but they're, they're, it's um. I think they've even done this. Well, again, I don't. I don't watch that much TV, but I have watched HGTV before, and it's been around, as I said, probably for like the last fifteen years. Mm -hmm. But did you see one in person? Did like one grab your attention uh, in a magazine? What was really like the the impulse where it's like, wow, this is something I'm interested in? So, um, this was actually uh, Fry's uh, brainchild, and he convinced me to to do it. Cause I've, I've always also had a, just like a dream of like, just living in a small transient, like an RV or something. Yeah. yeah. When I was in college, I really wanted to 
when I graduated, I really wanted to live in an RV. I didn't know if it would be possible for me because I'd never done it before. And then he started talking about tiny houses. So I don't know. Where did, where did you, where did you learn about yeah, them? Yeah, I think for me, it kind of, I mean, I, I first, I think got into learning about the whole tiny house world through kind of seeing like van life stuff that people do, you know, people building, you know, like retrofitting vans and turning them into campers and, you know, living in them or going on trips and that kind of stuff. And that was probably, I think I first kind of started going down that rabbit hole just for, for fun and interest. You know, it was like maybe 2019, you know, before the pandemic started. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the, this whole tiny house thing, I think, happened because of the pandemic um when 2020 hit i was at that time i was living in a small kind of studio apartment set up it was like a basement apartment in a bigger house and yeah very small i mean it wasn't even this small but it was pretty small and suddenly you know i hadn't expected it but i was stuck inside most of the day you know all day every day for who knows you know how long it was going to be and so it kind of got me thinking about just like you know thinking about small spaces again, about living in a small area and being like, yeah, you know, I mean, for, for a space like this, you know, it, we, I, I could live in a space that's small. And also if I wanted to live in a space that was small, you know, I think I'd want to have things designed differently. And how would you lay that out and how would you set things up to be more, you know, more efficient and make it more livable. And so that was kind of my pandemic project was like mm -hmm. sketching out and thinking about, you know, and so I got into looking at tiny houses just through online, you know, um there's uh you know i know there's there's shows and stuff on on netflix but there's also a whole resource of a lot of blogs and and you know video content on youtube and things like that people you know oftentimes more people who are doing it the the diy route who uh, will talk online about you know how they did it and the the process and the materials and all the details you know um and so i i spent you know like several months reading a lot of stuff about all these different people and how they how they did their tiny houses and and yeah it kind of I mean, what's the story after that? Well, we got married. You kept talking to me about like how you would like they would these people would design their houses and you're like, that's a stupid design. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would do it this way. <laughs> I would do it this way. And I, I was like, well, why don't you just do it your way then and make your own? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. This is this is great. This is exactly. Oh, so here we are. Yes. I, I love this. Because one of the things I had written down to talk about was the okay the people and on these TV shows and people who've done tiny houses and the kind of uh, what's this called the philosophical bent behind it is what you said uh, fur was mobility you wanted to be able to kind of be like camper van type stuff mobility you can take it anywhere and I know the place where you guys built it and the place where it currently is sitting and you're sitting in it are not the same places so obviously it's on a trailer it's mobile uh, mm -hmm. the cost yep. if you want to build your own house for example building your own house is is hundreds of thousands of dollars minimum in the u.s these days wow. and this thing was only in the mid five figures for you and then mm -hmm. the creativity because when you are forced to when you you know the limitation makes you uh, have to be more creative and you said you saw the people come up with like this is a dumb idea or um i wouldn't do it this i'm way. sorry i'm sorry for saying that but it's not everybody has their own needs no no what are you so. talking about everybody makes mistakes like i'm doing like i am uh i'm doing some project right now i already saw three mistakes i made and i've probably made that same mistake <laughs> actually two different projects i'm looking out the window that one that one went okay this morning this one yesterday did not go well because i didn't measure something oh, no. it was it was mixing stuff it was like uh it was like masonry stuff but don't that's okay making the mistakes is fine 
it does suck when they're way more effort to correct than they would have been to prevent. But yes. it's got that creativity element, because obviously you guys are creative people, uh, as we know about you, and you get it's it's this is what we actually talk about in like um what I teach is I sometimes teach poetry in 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 Spanish class. And like poetic structures, like a sonnet, it forces you to have certain physical or, you know, structural parameters. And then it's a challenge to you to see what you can get out of it. And it's amazing because a really good poet can write a sonnet that's just so good. And then the average person can just barely, barely fulfill the expectations of like the rules of the game. Right. But I want to hear about that mm -hmm. in detail. Ugh, I got to write to my, I got to write to my question. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, my notes. Well, once we get into the more nitty gritty, so this is about now. It's almost four years ago. You're looking at it, and when did the when did you officially start doing it? Like you got the trailer base to start building the house, putting it together. What uh, calendar timeline are we looking at there? So we first ordered, um, we we bought the trailer frame from a company that does custom tiny house uh, trailers. Um, we bought it in. Was it 2021? So it was like spring, early spring of 2021, mid spring of 2021 that we ordered. Yeah, it would have been right after we got married. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, around that time frame, and it was done in the summer of 2021. So it took a couple months for them to build it. We went out and towed it back home, and I think we so we had the trailer frame. I think it was like August, mm -hmm. and we started really building in earnest, doing framing and stuff. I think that September is when we very first started doing um, doing the framing. So we started um, doing that in September of 2021. And then it took us from that point a little over a year to November of just this this last November to um, get it to where we could tow it out. And that was, I guess, what, three months ago now? About three months ago? Yeah, November to now, 11th yeah. or so, I think was. Yeah, so we've, we've spent the last three months just finishing, you know, doing additional work on the inside. But we've been, you know, we got to the point where we could live in it about, you know, a couple months ago um not we have um not everything is done plumbing is the main thing that we're working to get running water yep um but yeah so it took from like when you first started actually working on the physical i mean there's a lot of design and, and thinking that went behind it before that research and planning but the physical work of actually building the house took about you know a year and a few months i would say from you know Excellent. Yeah. So September 2021 with the trailer base and then November 2022 is when it was towable. You're never done working on a house, even if it's, you know, oh, no. you know <laughs> even when they turn the keys yeah. out, it's never done. It doesn't matter how well yeah. it was done. You just never, <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, we're finding that out. Yeah. And we'll get to the plumbing, uh, the plumbing debate at the end. I want to say that for the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right, so just to recap so far, we're dealing with like roughly a 220, 240 square foot house. Took about a year to build. It's framed. It's a frame construction, right? With wood frame, stick frame, two by fours, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Because every inch and every um, everything you can squeeze out of the floor plan matters when you're building something that small. So maybe, you know, you use two by four as opposed to two by six, which would steal two inches on each side for you, even though it'd be a little stronger. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, let's talk materials beyond the just pine two by fours frame. What then are you dealing with with let's work from the inside out. So you frame it out uh, for people who know about that. This will make sense for people who don't uh, look up some pictures, I guess. So you know what we're talking about. So from the inside out, what is the house made of? 
Yeah, so we have the the overall construction is really pretty similar to what you'd have for a typical house, you know. Um, uh, th there's a lot of different ways that people will do tiny houses. Sometimes people do more unconventional, you know, like steel steel frames or steel studs or things like that. But yeah, our wall is just it's a drywall on the inside, uh, two by four studs with um, mineral wool insulation in the walls. We have um, OSB sheathing. Zip System is the brand that we used. Um, it's just like the the um, plywood but you know the wood chip pressed plywood stuff um we got um siding it's a lp smart side brand it's again kind of like a pressed wood material lightweight it's probably not the most durable long lasting yeah, but what do you, and what um, is like this the exterior surface finished with is it just finished with some kind of waterproofing paint or what is it yeah so we just have it's the the siding is meant is a you know it's a siding material that is meant to just be painted over so we have and it came um pre um Brian yeah. yeah sorry yeah so we have yeah it's just it's just um the siding um pretty common commonly you know we got we got it from a local siding place but they they sell it at Home Depot and stuff yeah and then just paint it on the exterior with the exterior grade um paint um yeah for the walls that's about it for the ceiling um, um did you talk about insulation oh yeah yeah so we have mineral wool rock wool brand insulation uh inside the walls uh pretty pretty standard I'm not sure how common it is for new construction if you're not trying to do something specialty, but yeah, that's you know, uh, I've actually I'm a pretty I for the industrial stuff I I like that as the insulation it's not um it doesn't catch on fire it doesn't um uh, it's like rodents don't really like it that much they also what do you call it uh mold proof so mineral wool yeah. insulation and it's it's essentially ageless as well. So I, mm -hmm. I like that. I remember talking about that and seeing that when you had posted, that's what you're using. I, I use a little bit of that is multiple types of insulation for a, a roof. I was insulating a few months back, but I like that stuff too. Overall. Mm -hmm. um, great. Anything else you want to mention before I go on? Oh yeah. The roof we have. Yeah. Our roof is a little bit different than a lot of um, tiny house roofs that I've seen. In fact, I don't think I've seen any tiny house roofs that are done quite like ours, just looking online and, you know, so it was a bit of an experimental thing, and I will see how it holds up in the rain and the weather. Um, it seems to be okay right now, but we have a flat roof. It's not um, it's not sloped in the framing. Um, so the inside is just a very high, flat, rectangular ceiling, which we kind of like because it gives us more headspace when you're upstairs in the loft, you know? Um, and it also was very easy to to build, you know, just no, no complex angles for the roof or anything. So the roof is just framed out with two by six um, you know, beams across the top. I guess to be rafters. Um, and on top of that, we have a, I think it is a TPO um, mm -hmm. membrane. It's a, like a plastic or you know, polymer membrane that goes on top. And we have insulation, like some sloped insulation that gives a little bit of a runoff. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is just like a, a, um, a membrane roof, which is not so common for like residential or small project like this, but very common for um, like uh, commercial buildings, you know, yeah, your local art dentist's office, whatever. So then, is the rooms. roof actually just the foam itself? Is the exterior part of the roof? No. So we have we have our roof rafters. We have we have foam insulation sprayed into the in between from the inside. Okay. So on top of that, we have um, plywood decking. Um, so it's plywood decking. Then there's uh, tapered insulation, okay. and then I think it's like a, a a decking board, another decking board on top that was screwed down. And then the roof membrane is glued on top of that. And we, okay. we hired someone to do that yeah. part. So. Yeah, that was nice. one of the... Excellent. Wonderful. So that's what we're looking at physically with mm -hmm. what the stuff's made of. All right, now, you did this 
largely by yourself. You mentioned you just did the, somebody else did the roof. You haven't done every single, you didn't do every single electrical thing. And I know you had some help with this too, but let's talk about the stuff that you did as far as the, the skills that you had to have going in, the things you had to learn. Um, like I'm wondering now just out loud, like what were the things that you knew would be hard and were hard? Uh, what were the, what were the things that you discovered that were hard by doing them and having them be hard? And then what, if anything was actually kind of easy once you, um, once you did it for a few minutes? Good question. Hmm. Um, that's what I'm all about, man. I ask good questions. Where to start, you know, I mean, the, everything was hard. <laughs> Once you finish something, it, you couldn't feel happy about it because you had to start something else. Everything and was hard. Once you start the next project, there's at least one thing that's going to go wrong, um, at least. And so, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, or, um... or this is called Doomer Optimism. What was... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're living in it now. Yeah, this is... ah, there we go. The light part. The We've thought about... Sitting, I kind of blacked out all the hard part, you know. <laughs> no, no, but think no, the beginning because I know you said you in a lot of. I think a lot of the tools were from uh, a, a friend or family member, and we and and whoever that was who helped you had some skills to lend as well. Yes. Uh, so yes. yeah, like maybe what person helped you and taught you the most? Yeah, yeah. So we we did the we did this whole project. We had a lot. We had help from a lot. You know, a lot of help from family along the way. We did it at my parents' house, basically in their in their backyard. Um, where they had a little bit of space, just enough space actually that we could park our trailer and do the construction there. Um, and we had a lot of help from my dad along the way. And my dad is pretty handy. He has a garage full of tools, you know, circular saw and the nail gun and the compressor and, you know, all these all these tools. And we really, we wouldn't have been able to do it without being right there and having having him. And he also helped us. He spent a lot of time just working with us. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things for just the two of us, it would have been really hard, but having an extra person, you know, just to, and somebody who knows how to use the tools knows what they're doing. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we did almost, there's a few things that we paid somebody else that we hired out. We had somebody do the insulation, the roof, the insulation for the ceiling. And I guess after we got out here, um, like our, our heater unit, but other than that, everything, everything else we did pretty much all, all ourselves, um, by hand so you know the framing i mean the main steps were what we did framing and sheathing building out the skeleton of the house putting in the door the windows um after that was siding um insulation electrical drywall and then finishing some of the interior finishes i would say that i think at a high level framing was easier than we thought it was going to be and almost kind of like deceptively so because you can put up walls really fast and then it took a long time to do all the finish work for everything, you know, working inwards from the outside shell. Um, if anybody's listening and thinking about doing your own drywall, I would say don't do your own drywall. That's the biggest takeaway. Drywall is a... Yeah, yeah drywall is just like, it's 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 uh, not very satisfying. And the difference between an okay job and a very good job is a very big difference. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I've never done like my own drywall. I know uh, I I could do it based on what I've learned about it, but I'm not interested in doing it either. Uh, to be honest, I actually don't like drywall at all. But it's it is it's quick and easy, especially for people who know what they're doing. I actually am interested. How was the wind window installation? I've never done it window installation on really much at all. 
um, I'm always worried that I'm not going to have it waterproof enough. What was that like? Not without turning this into like a YouTube DIY video, but how hard was <laughs> yeah. that? I would say the windows were pretty easy, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we didn't do anything fancy. They're just plain old, uh, like vinyl, vinyl windows. Um, yeah, they just, they have a flange. You just kind of you caulk around it, nail in the flange, and then um, in, in our case, the product we use, the zip system comes with tape, and so you just do tape all over and around it on you top of the caulking. Sure sealed really nicely. Yeah, they just have they just have to like overlap them too, and and make sure that they're don't give it a chance to come in at the seams, right? Yeah, it all comes down to just like doing the what. Yeah, everything has to drain downwards, outwards, and so you just do the tape so everything is you know draining down, draining outwards, and has a mm -hmm. has a, a way to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the windows are okay. The the hardest thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, the God, hardest I, thing. I, I was gonna interrupt, but you were you were saying something okay. better than me. <laughs> yeah, one of the hardest things with um with this, honestly, that would have made it a lot easier is we were working in a very tight space. You know, like a like a little RV pad basically. So. Very little space side to side between the wall of the house on the one side and the, the fence for the neighbor's house on the other side. So that was honestly, we probably could have done it like twice as fast yeah. if we didn't have to fight with like getting a ladder into this narrow. Un <laughs> mm -hmm. There's some non-OSHA approved activity that we had to get up and, you know, do. But yeah, so putting like we have some very, some very high windows up on the wall. Um, those were a little bit tricky to put in just because of the, you know, we had somebody on the outside with the tall ladder somebody mm -hmm. on the inside with the ladder somebody holding the ladder and trying to you know lift stuff up and you know mm -hmm. luckily i mean look nothing nothing i'm so happened. glad we didn't drop anything yeah we didn't yeah. drop anything or break anything so. yeah yeah but yeah and anyway. that's uh your dad that's, uh, is go ahead go ahead sorry um his dad is so brave has, i was so scared for him he has less fear of going on ladders and do yeah like more than He'd i do be leaning every which way it's like <laughs> oh i'm so glad he didn't fall yeah <laughs> would have felt so bad anyways okay yeah, yeah while we're on this subject okay so in, in uruguay i have this joke and I, the joke was actually an idea for a tv show where u.s osha inspectors you know occupational safety they come to uruguay and they watch people work here and the whole show is just showing their faces and how terrified they are because everybody does that at every single job site i've ever seen people showing up in flip-flops never wearing a hard hat when i had a guy go up to on this uh water tower to help me install uh, the, the pump to take it from the well up to the water tower he was kneeling i'm looking at the ledge he was kneeling on he was kneeling one knee on a brick ledge about yeah five inches wide and just the other leg was hanging down perfectly balanced tying stuff oh my goodness. And I'm thinking people are insane. So that is another oh thing to consider. Uh, <laughs> if you do this stuff yourself, please don't hurt your like you can hurt yourself installing, installing like uh, hanging a picture with a nail. I've done it before. I've, I've hurt <laughs> myself every way possible. So please avoid these things, people. Don't be don't do it a la Uruguayo. Don't do it. You know, <laughs> don't lean off of ladders. Don't kneel on a ledge twelve feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. Please. Uh, disclaimer, disclaimer, ad infinitum. <laughs> But the other thing yes. I was going to say was setting up your workspace is is a, is a, a thing that a lot of um, novices like you and me, uh, and the difference between that and the pros, like the pro, like they'll take just take several hours to set up a worksite sometimes, and it seems like oh we're not getting anything accomplished. Like well, watch once you start working how much more quickly things go, how much mm -hmm. more convenient um, they are. And as you're talking about getting stuff into a tight space, I'm t I'm I'm drawing up sketches for for a building another building 
and using recycled or you know repurposed doors and they were very narrow they were only less than two feet wide and i'm thinking if i make this door less than two feet wide with you know masonry or, or brick or block or whatever i am not going to get a lot of furniture into that room like i'm thinking about stuff like this already so oh, i'm glad you guys yeah. mentioned that as well as think about when you're playing uh pool if you're playing pool in a room where the walls are too close to the table how many times does that happen to you and then you hit the stick into the back of the into the into the wall when you're trying to make a shot. These are the types of things that you can learn quickly because they're so obvious, but only once you start doing them. So good, mm -hmm. good thing to point out. Uh was any so you said framing was actually kind of easy. Windows were not that hard really. Uh just kind of yeah. make sure that the that the seals were good on the taping for the waterproofing. And and fur, you said that. The, hard, the hardest thing was that you can't enjoy it because it's a slog. It's a marathon and there's always another thing to do. And people mm -hmm. getting us getting walls and a roof just like up on a house. It doesn't take that long compared to everything else that takes it mm -hmm. from a structure and turns it into a house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're dealing with the plumbing now. Uh, let's go ahead and rant about the plumbing and this absurd quote you got. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm not a plumber. Was Is it absurd? It felt absurd at the time. Well, plumbing <laughs> is not as easy um, to do well yourself um, as other things are to get closer to it. I, this is my opinion, but I think I think most tradespeople would agree. Well, you got a quote for something like $7,000. Yeah. Which for, is water, like... for bringing the water to three places for a shower, a, a wash machine, and what else? A couple of a couple of sinks you know and two sinks okay and the house is not that big so I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of piping <laughs> I guess it, yeah they're not running it like these long you know are even yeah. any are are any of these just will there even be hot okay there's there's probably copper piping for the hot water uh yeah we have a little bit of most of it would be pex uh well actually i don't know a lot of it would be pex a little bit of it would be copper piping for some places where it's going to be exposed um running kind of it you know areas where it could sunlight can reach okay um but yeah a lot of it would just be uh pex regular pex plumbing the the thing that you know i talked to a few guys about it and the thing that they kept saying was like it's it's the labor time you know getting somebody to come out for a whole day is you know and and having to switch between different tools and different materials and stuff is you know it, it comes down to labor apparently you know which i can understand you know labor everything is expensive these days and you know good work is hard to it's hard to find people who can come out and do this stuff nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure but, that is all, uh, that's all factual, but it also can be part of this fairy tale that contractors will tell you, which is, oh yeah, it's X, Y, and Z, hours, man hours, skilled labor. And yeah, I mean, plumbers, uh, even like a non, I don't know, with the lowest, probably the lowest for a good plumber is somewhere around $30 an hour. So yeah, full day, it's around $250 just for him to come out and do the stuff. It is not yeah. super easy. He's working. That's not seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't <laughs> like how many like and the materials are not. Oh, I don't think the materials are more than a thousand dollars. You probably have looked it up. Oh, but yeah, anyway, easily. keep these things in mind. Keep these things in mind when you hear the stories because there's lots of there's lots of facts that are used to to weave a, a fiction, as it were, with the some yeah. of these, but. Plumbing is a little frustrating. Uh, I know very little plumbing. I don't think I, I don't think you could pay up for my plane ticket and have me come do it anywhere up to your standards. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. It's that's off the table. Yeah. But I think you can find something better than 7,000. And yeah. 
then he might have to do a little bit of a, a little bit of um some Angie's list terrorism on this guy if it turns out he was he was lying. I think the I think the bottom line is we're probably going to just do it ourselves. You know, we're we're planning and researching, and you know, it's definitely not seven thousand dollars worth of our time to, you know, it'll it'll be a bit of work and it's going to take some figuring out. But we can, you know, we we can do it ourselves. I think, and well, you know, uh, I encourage that personally. I think plumbing is a really good thing to learn yourself because because plumbers yeah. can be quite pricey. Oh, yes, yeah. it's true. Well, yeah, it's sense. true. I mean, the thing with a lot of this, a lot of this stuff, you know, there's the one of the tricky things with this tiny house has been just that you know we're doing things that are similar in a lot of ways to what people do on a normal house you know but oftentimes with just enough small differences in how we're how things are done that it's like you know like I have all the details in my head of like okay you know to do this you have to do this and yes you know be like this and go here but it's hard to just have somebody come in and be like all right set me loose you know and I'm gonna go do this job because you have to be like okay well it's it's different than a you know, it's different than what you're used to. And, you know, sometimes if, mm-hmm. if you don't explain that well, you have to call him back and be like, hey, you messed this up. You mm-hmm. didn't realize how this was supposed to work. And and so, yeah, like it's just it, it's a bit tricky. Just, you know, there's nothing like too theoretically complex, but it is just a bit more particular in how it has to go in compared to a normal house job. Um, you know, one thing thing that's different is instead of embedding our pipes in the walls you know we're actually running them along the walls behind like cabinets and cupboards and stuff um part of that being just we want to be able to have it more accessible in yeah, case we need to change to things do you have yeah, that with exactly. your elect- electrical wiring as well or not no the electric the, yeah the uh, the wiring is just in the walls like normal um yeah also with the plumbing we wanted to do that because um our walls are thin there's not a lot of insulation so you know, just better freeze protection, which yeah. isn't, you know, not an issue with the wiring, but for plumbing, yeah, you want to have a little bit more insulation between the pipes and the outside. This uh, brings up, sorry, this might be a little off topic, but as you were talking, I was reminded of when you would like what you say about like, you kind of have to become an expert at all these things. You have to become the electrician, you have to become the plumber, you have to become the, what the, what is drywall drywall guy you know for each each project you have to become the expert in that and once you're done then you have to become an expert in the next thing you know just because there's so many different parts yeah but this is houses this is so such good podcast segues here it's like we it's like we drew it up (laughs) look great look how organized i am Oh, I read your notes, so that's <laughs> <why>. <laughs> took a screenshot. So we'll, yeah, we'll be ready now. <laughs> so uh, there's one thing to learn. There's another thing to learn. It's another thing to learn, and it's frustrating. Yeah. But it's not mm-hmm. just frustrating. Fry admitted this online. He admitted it that it's almost like a DIY gateway drug. Building the small house, he's already got a drawing of a big house with two stories that he wants to build himself. And yeah, it's a gateway drug. I don't a think I don't project. think he will be happy living in a normal house for the rest of his life now. <laughs> you know, that's just I mean, he knows how to he knows how to build it right and how he wants it. So I don't great. know if you can I, I don't know if you can live in a house that was, you know, built by just some random company that was trying to poop out a, you know, a plan house, you know, kind of Kind of yeah so. it's like a, it's a curse i guess to, to do your own work and you know start you get a taste and even if the taste is uh you know it's like 
the blood, sweat, and tears, you know, it's not a great taste, sweet taste yeah. along the way. But yeah, I mean, no, no, it, it definitely, it, it's hard not to, not to get this far and start thinking about, well, you know, at some point we're going to, you know, we're going to need to have a bigger house and what's that going to look like in our, you know, how would we want it to be designed and how would we want it to be built? And yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I completely agree. And hmm. uh, yeah, you're once it's it's Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop now. It's Pringles. <laughs> Which okay. you know. <laughs> so, what is one of the things like one of the features? You know, this creativity part when it's small. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have something that folds in or something that's hidden under or something else. What's like the the proudest cool feature that you you came up with on your own? It could have been cribbed from somebody else's design, but what did uh, did you get to execute in the living space? That was the most impressive. You can show me. I know we're not gonna sh- we're not gonna have video, but um, what do you think? That's one of the features that is the most like novel feature that you're really proud of. Good question. Does anything come to mind novel? for you? I don't think we did anything. You know, you had an idea for like the desk. Like, yeah, we were that, we, we were thinking we of different things. End up doing that, I think. I mean, th- there are a lot of people who do who are more more ambitious than than us. You know. <laughs> who do some pretty cool things with, you know, like, you know, modular furniture, things that can fold up and move around and spaces that can be reconfigured, you know, there's a lot of, and I, I've seen a lot of those, you know, and I had plans for, you know, ideas about, oh, we could do something like this, or, you know, have a, have a desk that folds down and, you know, becomes a bench or, you know, things like that. You can use the chair as like an ottoman. Yeah. I think that, <laughs> to be honest, the the longer we got along the process, the less my ambition went down for like having some like fancy furniture stuff um i i don't know if we have anything too fancy or weird um unusual in terms of like furniture a you know multi-use kind of thing i think that the thing that i'm happiest with with how this turned out was i, I think that we we gave it a lot of thought just to design um having spaces that didn't necessarily have to be like you know reconfigured or anything you know custom built but just space having the space built in a way where it's efficient with space and um you know areas that it's like playing tetris you know but areas that are used for one thing can also be used for another thing um when you know butterfer was talking about earlier um me complaining about other tiny house designs that i'd seen on the internet you know <laughs> i will say excuse me i will say that a lot of the I think there's definitely there's definitely a difference. Now I'll, I'm going on a tangent here, but there's a difference between tiny houses that are built by individual folks, like you know DIYers, and tiny houses that are built by these like tiny house building companies. You know, there's a very big difference, and you can feel it. We have, we have we didn't even walk inside any tiny houses before we built ours. Actually, oh, yeah. yeah, we didn't step inside one. Probably would have been one. smart to. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but we we spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time looking at many, many different uh, you know, floor plans. And there's there's these guys um on they have a, a website, Tiny Nest on YouTube. We follow a lot of their videos and they have a whole website with like tours and like 3D tours of all these different models of tiny houses from yeah. yeah. So we spend a lot of time poking around and you know. So the point I'm getting at is I think that there's a lot of manufactured tiny houses out there with floor plans where it feels like they were kind of designed with the same mindset as the people who design a lot of new suburban homes that are built. Um, and I think there's kind of a lack of, a lack of care and a bit of a lack of 
of thought about like livability that goes into a lot of modern houses. Um, you know, you have houses that are, you know, we can, we can build houses that are bigger than ever for, for cheaper than ever, theoretically, I guess, you know, but, but I think that not being constrained by having to have a small space kind of sometimes makes it so people don't think about, you know, you don't have to think about, okay, how is the space going to be lived in? How is it going to be used? used yeah. How is it going to be used day to day? And so you, I, I think you see that with some of these like manufactured tiny house designs where you have just, you know, weird kind of chasms and hallway spaces without windows, you know, or windows that are too small or just not in the right position, you know, to. Oh yeah. Odd. We can talk about that all day. Yes. That could be a whole separate episode with a lot of these architect people. And I know. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what you're and so, and there's probably in, in some of the ones that they have for sale, there's these things that fold out or whatever. They're a little bit gimmicky because mm. you might not actually end up using them that much or things with moving parts hinges etc when they break they're very annoying to fix they break often um but i was just yeah. trying to see if you guys had anything kind of your own flair that you added in there i mean i like i've seen the pictures of the place i like the how the rafters uh, are they're just they're four by fours just yeah mm -hmm. yeah our rafters are just they're four by four cedar fence posts from home depot actually yeah, yeah. and they're cedar cedar is so pretty and uh, yeah i'm very proud of those they look so cool yeah what's the thing about no. cedar like you don't treat it with I, I forget this you don't treat it with regular what's that stuff called wood protector that's what they call it here i think with with cedar it's supposed to be more um it's more weather resistant yeah rot resistant so people use it for fences things like that roof shingles um, yeah you can but we did and you know we just we got these four by fours we you know they came they're, they're pretty rough right they're not meant for like finished interior application but we yeah, who cares though we sanded, <laughs> we sanded them down with a belt sander we did like several layer or several rounds of you know sanding hand sanding we finished it with the um just like this natural beeswax and linseed oil finisher so, I think so yeah it's like it's really nice it's this brand that you know it's it's not like a like a plastic you know coating over the top no, it's no. just an oil finish and yeah. so it really lets the wood, Beautiful. like the natural look of the wood shine through. And we did that for our floors as well. Our, our wood floors, same, the same. Uh, oh, what product. kind of wood? What kind of wood you got for the floors? Uh, it's walnut. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was. That was, uh, I don't know what to call it. A stroke of luck. Yeah. yeah. That was one thing we changed our plans on. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, there weren't a lot of drastic changes from the start to the finish of this whole process, you know? Basically what we built is what we designed, you know, a couple years earlier and yeah, but there were definitely were, I think some things where we kind of changed our thinking along the way for like what kind of materials and what kind of look we wanted. Um, I mean, I think in my mind, I, I had been imagining, oh, we'll just do like, you know, some kind of, you know, laminate, you know, plank flooring, something cheap we can get from, you know, from the hardware store. Yeah. But if you and... only got 200 square feet, just go big. Oh yeah. Yeah. And... We were we were very tired at that point though, and we wanted to do something easy. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, we went to the store and we were just like, "These all look so." Yeah, <laughs> like going to Home Depot. I don't walk on this every day. Yeah, like you you look at you know I don't know all these materials you just you you, you look at and you know it's it's so it it, it would have been a lot easier to do like a, a fake wood floor some sort of laminate you know product like that but. We just couldn't get over how they just, you know, they all kind of looked 
like this this fake plastic kind dead, of sheen, okay you know? you're not saying the word they look dead exactly, they look yeah sterile. there's no life there yeah fake plastic wood yeah and, and I, I guess if you need to do something cheap like that's okay yeah um but we have but such it a doesn't small have to be area gray, at least you okay know? yeah okay oh, that's yeah. one it's, thing the gray yeah. the gray fake gray, wood this plastic freaking wood. gray turn in, in yeah. interior design what like what are you people doing what like, you could, I mean, it doesn't cost anything more to do like a brown, like a real wood color. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, there's okay. There's That's a whole. A good point. We'll save that for another. <laughs> the rants so much, about the there's, thing. There's so much like aesthetic cowardice. Like do something. Oh, yeah. Such a loser. You're such. You're such a coward. Stopping oh. some chicken. Everything's gray now. Uh, it's, it's the modern houses i hate looking <laughs> at you know you see the the flips you know where people will go like take some hundred year old house and it's like oh you oh it's look it's, at all the, it's uh like it's borderline criminal at this point it is it is very very bad yes and it, it is not, it, can you tell the story about this is this is a phenomenon that's 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 rampant enough that it's uh it's troubling trouble yeah can you tell I, a story about your coworkers. i had a friend of mine who he sent me this picture along the way as you know we were sh uh, we were sharing pictures of our house and he was like oh we did we finished our basement and i felt so bad because i was like i didn't well i didn't say what i was thinking but he had this like fireplace mantle it was like this natural wood you know beautiful natural brick oh was it brick it was brick okay it was like this brick oh i think i, I think did you brick. i think you posted this didn't you we, i forget if i did I, so, I don't remember if I did. Uh, it, was, it might be a long time ago, but yeah, it was something like that where he, and it was like painted over just like gray paint, you know, all the. This <laughs> thick of, layer of paint. Yeah. This beautiful brick. And it was just. Was now painted oh, over. Like that. So. You know, do you know, it, my, my, the house I grew up in, luckily it does have like, it's, it's oak floors. My, my, uh, my parents refinished them years ago. They look so good, but there's so much uh, of the window frames and the door frames within the house that is hardwood that's been painted over so many times oh, I, I look at it and I just it doesn't make me cry because it looks good enough and nobody knows that it's hardwood under there but I know because I know how old the house is and I know what they use and I, I know like whatever kind of wood it is. yeah it's, oh no it's very 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 hard to look at and <laughs> this is tangentially related when I had my own house yeah. in Chicago it was also small it was like one of these old uh, historic row house areas um and it was like 11 just under 1200 square feet so about half the size of a normal house but it had three bedrooms it was i lived there by myself and then without uh, with two other people my brother and ashley uh at, at one other point but it was plenty big and it had this uh these railings that were original the house was from 1873 so it was old 1873 no sorry 1880 it was the 1880s um and they had painted the railing and i said this I will not stand for this. I removed the railings and it took me roughly, I'm going to go ahead and say like 20 hours of paint removal, scraping, doing that chemical gel stuff. I would just come home from work and just oh go in the basement, turn the TV on and just scrape and just, and, and oh my goodness. Dip. And then I, I got the, the poisonous gunk stuff to get the paint off of the, um, the hardware, the, which was the, I think it was made of brass, which was holding up from, the railing holder and mm. i did that and it took me like the equivalent of, of days of work of just removing oh the paint God. and then i finished it and it was worth it because it was a thousand times better. A my favorite my favorite things and features in the house i knew how much effort went into making it look like that and it was good mm. for my soul it was super good for my soul mm. so wow. what did this project do for you guys soul wise hmm 
burger no. there and you're like it crushed my soul but then i was stretched stretched stretch. yeah. <laughs> the polite um it was definitely you know, dexification of the soul the, yeah the painful <laughs> <laughs> no it was good i'm sorry i'm it was, complaining no it's but... easy to how you know okay it was definitely a lot harder than i thought it was going to be yeah. it was it was more work more blood sweat and tears than we thought it was going to be yeah if we knew going into it how hard it was going to be maybe we wouldn't have done it i don't know yeah i don't know well, but yeah. we did do it you know and the, we're still in the middle of it you know it's it's not like we can put a neat bow on the end and be like, oh yeah, and you know, and then and then they lived happily ever after and it was done. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's it's still kind of an ongoing thing and and the the process of learning how to live in it and figuring out what we're gonna do with do with it next, you know, is it's it's ongoing. So we're in the middle of it still. But you know, I um well I'll, I I can I think for me, um going back to like the very beginning, the you know, the the desire to want to build this tiny house, you know, to, to do this in the first place, I think came from, you know, I was, I was feeling kind of burned out with, you know, with my, with my job, what I was doing at the time. And I think a lot of the frustration for me was this feeling of like having to work on things that I can't really care about and, you know, and own in a way, you know, like wanting to, to work on things that I can, I could really care about that I could, I could say, you know, I want, I want to try and make something right. You know, I'm, I'm working on it from start to finish. I'm making the, the hard decisions and I can, you know, create something that, that, that I can love and, you know, and really feel proud of. Um, yeah. And I think and in that will come in and comment on this once we put it up and she'll, as her sociologist brings like, you're overcoming the alienation by, uh, by reinstating uh, a, a situated embeddedness and all that is to say, yeah, the last whatever, I don't know how many years you want to put it. No, nobody has the point. It's a process. But the last while, let's put it that way, for humanity, it it causes you to feel bad in a lot of ways that you didn't used to feel bad. Yeah, maybe you're living longer and you have, are 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 drier or or warmer or cooler depending on what your physical discomfort is. Maybe you're not breathing in smoke so much. Maybe you're not coughing or going to the doctor as much, and uh, you're still sad all the time. But why? Because you're not doing anything worth doing. You said it already. It's right there. So anyway, all the sociological mumbo jumbo. You're overcoming that um, that, and that's why it was worth doing. Even if you're not going to agree with me right now, I'm going to tell you it was worth doing, and it's a gateway drug, and you're going to keep doing it. And you're gonna mm -hmm. live in not a normal house. The next one, it's gonna be even less normal. But you're gonna you're gonna do it yourself, I think, or at least I hope so. We'll see. I'm staying tuned. Can't argue with that. We'll Can't see, argue we'll with see that. where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think you're you're definitely right about that. I you know, there's a lot of people online you know who work in tech who do, you know, who who do that kind of stuff. And I I think it's it's not hard. You don't have to look very far to see, yeah, what you're talking about. The, I think there's a feeling of, yeah, like people it's very i mean not even talking about houses necessarily but just a lot of the things that people do for work in the modern world you're very disconnected from the outcomes the product you know i think there's like a keg in the well it's like i mean how system. many how many software developers do you know who have like you know a daydream about like opening a cafe or a bookstore you know yeah i think there's like i think there's a there's a draw to like 
doing things that feel grounded and feel connected and like you're you know you're you're working on something you know honest and real that you can see what the yeah what and the fun- are. fundamentally okay so i always go back to this nobody ever asked me this stuff so i'm going to take my chance to rant so like fundamentally what do you need what does a sure. human being need you have you have uh survival and then you have thriving so surviving you just need you actually don't even need clothes or <laughs> or shelter but that's the easiest way to keep yourself warm or, or cool enough to not die of exposure so you need that you need food and water um and you need you need meaningful relationships too which that one always gets overlooked because mm-hmm. you just do so you need that just to like survive. You can't, you, you will become, and you see, we see this now, people who do not have a meaningful relationship or meaningful connection, they will become insane or drug addicted or X, Y, Z, all the above. But then what do you or need like to thrive? Pack animals. Yeah, exactly. And then what do you need to thrive? You need all mm-hmm. those things, obviously, if they're the base of the pyramid, uh, but you need, you need to, uh, you need you need worthwhile pursuits too and if the worthwhile pursuit is in the service of fulfilling the fundamental needs and the fundamental needs of the people who you care about who i think are tied up in the fundamental need that is probably the most satisfying type of work that you can do it's probably the most satisfying type of endeavor that most people end up doing and it can be several steps removed from the fundamentals but i think a lot of people who work in in your world fry with the tech it's so many steps removed from the fundamental, um, from the immediate experience. And you're talking about the cafe. So people go to cafe to hang out with their friends, to eat food that they need to live, to have a glass of water, and to feel good. Well, okay. Caffeine is a is the drug that we all just 100% endorse kind of across the board, whatever. But it's a much more a direct and immediate experience. And once you get too many layers removed from it, I, I think this is a big, uh, a big factor in people not feeling well in general so mm-hmm. know, there's my rant i get my shots in once in a while somehow that when they let me host they turn the keys over to the do car <laughs> no i agree I, I i agree and you know i don't know if the answer is i mean you know there's there's the whole tiny house movement you know i mean there, there's definitely a movement and we built a tiny house i don't know if we're part of the movement or not you know <laughs> yeah socialize with other people that yeah i don't i mean look yeah something drove from 1949 900 square foot house in the united states to 2400 square feet a house i think 2400 including the basement was roughly the size of the house i grew up in with i had three i have three siblings and two parents and my grandfather lived with us for a while and then later my grandmother lived with us so we had seven people living in that house and that felt about right um Maybe it was a little too big. It's definitely annoying to clean up. The house I currently live in is roughly 850 square feet. So it's less than even the average was, you know, wow. 70 years ago. Uh, that that seems like roughly the right amount of space if I had designed it better. But that's why I have to do this other one because it's now it's five people, three children who got a lot of clothes and toys and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, like tiny houses as a movement, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really going to – I don't really have an opinion on that. I like – I like the idea of people being more creative, uh, having something that's more affordable for them um, more quickly that has mobility. If that's what they want. I think that's, that's nice. Again, I'm not like, uh, I don't know what you guys would know more about the movement. People who are anybody pushing this hard. I hope this doesn't have too much overlap with the, 
with the eat the bugs people because you know all i don't know if it's necessarily like tiny houses necessarily but i think we talk to a lot of people about um just because uh in the u.s there's a big housing crisis and shortage and in the area we live there's a lot of homeless people um and i think there's uh starting to not be enough room probably because everything is not being designed in a way that is uh is good you know like because houses have to be big now um yeah by law in a lot of places correct and i think i mean i don't know i guess there's not anything evil or wrong with that it's just like um oh shoot what am i trying to say i lost my train of thought do you know what i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) it's just like like uh i feel like yeah living in a big house is like a sign of like you're doing well and but like do you really necessarily need all that space like it's harder to clean it's more money to heat or cool and stuff and it also takes up a lot of space and uh, makes it so you can't be more efficient in and living in smaller houses next to each other and i don't you know yeah i think that the to the extent of there being like you know the tiny house movement i think most people who are involved in advocacy or you know trying to like raise awareness or yeah it's mostly about i think raising awareness and opening up paths to do this like in a legal way in the middle of you know cities and places where you know most most tiny house owners including us right now you know if you if you diy it you kind of you know generally you have to park it somewhere rurally you know Uh somewhere where you're farther away and you're not going to have you know you're not going to bother the neighbors basically yeah um but there's a lot of they're not very well defined in terms of like you know if you if you parked a tiny house in the middle of the suburbs of the city and you have a, a complaint from the neighbors you know oftentimes the city will be like, yeah, you know, you're not really allowed to live in an RV full-time in this, you know, this residential zone. Is, of course, you, know, you got zoning a- laws, you got, you got the permitting things about what, what is a dwelling and what is a, what is just a temporary yeah. structure? What is a mobile? Yeah. So what's uh, the never ending story of, of right hands, not knowing what left hands are doing or that the hands and the feet don't even exist uh, and having no holistic or coherent uh, idea of, what is what what the way things ought to be and then just all the different levels of government you have to deal with frustrating Mm -hmm. it is good that you see people like this doing this and and there's tv shows about it so at least some people know there's an option even Mm -hmm. though well here now you're now the now the tiny house is the microcosm of the greater thing which is the things are in place laws uh custom and uh people's social norms they're gonna make you have to get creative with it so maybe that's gonna lead to something else but I think it's a net good, at least on the individual level, for the person doing the thing, especially if they're doing it themselves, because it takes some ownership, uh, claims some agency, and feel better about about what they put their efforts towards and don't feel as yeah. disconnected from the material conditions of their existence, to put it th- totally. that way as it's been put before. So you guys are the best. Thanks for coming on the the show. I don't want to keep it too long because – some some of these episodes are too long. I think uh, go for the quick hit. And I know you guys are busy. You got you got pecs to install. Plastic it's plastic p- piping for their water service. Um, but anyway, everybody remember buttery fur and fry at high fry and at buttery fur. I believe on Twitter, mm-hmm. go through there. 
go through their tweets, especially fries, and see the pictures from the build. See some of these nicer details like the cedar rafters. Uh, now that you know the backstory, and yeah, these these guys are the best. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say. What do you guys want to say? Any parting shots? Is this the part where you cut us off as we're finishing what we say? I've, I've I listened never... to a few. That's, I that's, guess it's post, that's that's post editing's decision, but uh, okay, make sure um, you start saying um, something profound. What's the man? Okay, the manifesto. Um, you know, 